So, all right. Um, so what I was hoping to cover was like a little bit of a history of grocery tax in sure. the, going back to 2017 and Butch Otter's uh, decision on day 11 and the Supreme Court deciding that 10 equals 11. And <laughs> we could talk about that. And then you had a bill last year that got put in a drawer, right? Yep. Yep. And then I want then I was going to have you move into explaining what happened this year. What's what where are we at with it this year? And if, sure. you, want, if yeah. you want to talk about what happened in the Senate as well, you could do that. Okay. Because I had yeah. I had Christy on my TV show um, last week and talking about what happened. Okay. So, um, but that was the TV show. That's not the podcast. So it's a different audience altogether. Right. So. All right. You want me to let her rip? Hang on, let me let me do a little bit of an intro because what I'm going to do is I'm going to record here, and what we record will be what goes to air. Oh, you're not cutting anything. Okay. Oh, I'll, cu I'll cut stuff out if it if it makes you look bad or makes me look bad. But, okay. <laughs> um, but what I will be using audio clips here. From okay. So in other words, I'm going to make this an audio. It'll be part of a of a short podcast that I do, a special podcast. Sounds good. And and an article that will accompany it. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, welcome to the True Idaho News podcast, Representative Nate. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Daniel. It's a pleasure to be on. I am uh, curious if you wouldn't mind uh, telling us a little bit about what's happening with the grocery situation in Idaho. And I'll ask you to start with a, to give our listeners a little bit of a history of what happened back in 2017. Sure. Well, I'll start, first of all, with the importance of it. With Biden inflation uh, probably approaching double digits, some would argue even more, families are paying more for groceries and all sorts of goods. Um, that's painful for families, but it's even doubly painful when there's a tax on top of those higher prices that increases with the prices. So families are being hit twice. And who's re reaping the rewards? Government is raking in your tax dollars. So there's a need for grocery tax repeal in Idaho. And uh, there has been a need for a long time. Idaho is one of only seven states that fully taxes groceries. Idaho has the third highest tax on groceries of, of all uh, 50 states. It's amazing in this red state that we are, that Idaho is the one that taxes its food. We have six states that touch Idaho. Only one of them has a tax on food and it's, it's uh, half of Idaho's tax rate. So there, there's a need for it. And the need was, has existed for a long time. You mentioned 2017. Well, even before I go to 2017, I'll, I'll tell you this. Grocery tax repeal would be a tax cut. There's a provision in the Idaho Constitution that says all tax bills must start in the House. The problem with uh, cutting taxes and, is that if they start in the Idaho House, it has to have the blessing of Idaho House leadership and the committee chair of the House Revenue and Taxation Committee. And that hasn't been the case. They've always favored income taxes uh, instead of repealing the grocery tax. And so they're always supporting their, their big donors or whoever uh, through income tax cuts. So the, uh, the methods left are to amend bills that exist and have already come out of the House, to maybe uh, submit your own bills, but not through the House Revenue and Taxation Committee, maybe through another committee or as a personal bill. And so that's what we've done. 2017 was a spectacular year. And that's because uh, Senator Cliff Bear 
worked uh, super hard to prepare a grocery tax repeal bill. He brought it over to the House and sure enough, House leadership wanted nothing to do with it because they were working on an income tax bill. Well, when uh, the House finally passed the income tax bill, then it went over to the Senate and Senator Cliff Baer was able to work with enough other senators to send that bill to amending orders. And basically they did what we in the legislature call a radiator cap, where they took, they took everything out of the bill except the fact that it was a tax cut and inserted grocery tax repeal instead of income tax cut. So they, you know, it's like bringing a car in, taking the radiator cap off, changing everything else, putting the radiator cap on, back on, still calling it the same car. It, that's, that's what they did with the grocery tax, with the income tax bill. They changed it to a grocery tax repeal. It was late enough in the session that they passed it, sent it over to the House, and House leaders had no option. They either had to pass that bill or there would be no tax relief that year. And sure enough, the House passed it. So it passed the Senate and the House, both with super majorities, meaning more than two thirds of the House and Senate both voted for it. Went to the governor's desk. The governor, I guess, lost track of his days. He had 10 days to act on it or it becomes law. On the 11th day, he uh, vetoed it. And uh, that's when. 31 legislators signed on, or sorry, 30 legislators signed on to a lawsuit with me um, suing the Secretary of State to say that the, the law should go into effect because the governor did not veto it in a timely manner and therefore it should have become law. Um, the Supreme Court recognized that it was beyond the deadline, but then they, uh, they said they would essentially give him a pass this time and make the law more clear. But uh, um, How can you be less clear? 10 days is 10 days. Well, it, the governor argued it was 10 days on when he got it or 10 days on when it was passed or 10 days. They tried to obscure the fact, but 10 days of when he got it. I mean, that's why they timestamp it when it arrives to his office. And it was beyond the 10 days. But uh, the, the Supreme Court um, said, well, Given the fact that there might be a little uncertainty, they gave him a pass, but said in the future that uh, that it's clear yeah. 10 days from that time. It was really frustrating because this was the Supreme Court, in my opinion, carrying the governor's water on this. Didn't want to embarrass him. Yeah, well, I can embarrass the Supreme Court and say if I get a speeding ticket for exceeding 70 miles an hour on the freeway, I'll just say, yeah. well, hey, 10 means 11. So the speed limit must, must be 77. <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, I like that. Um, maybe I'll use that. I think that sounds good. Well, in the meantime, uh, um, there wasn't much room for tax cutting in 2018 and 2019. And then, and then um, we, but we've every year proposed a bill to repeal the grocery tax every year. And uh, the leadership in the house just has it locked down. They won't hear it in committee. They, uh, they won't hear it as a personal bill. And unless you have a, a Cliff Bear that's working magic over in the Senate, it, it doesn't doesn't get done. And uh, so this year, okay, can, can I interrupt? Can I ask a question sure. here on on your theory as to why that might be? Why the House leadership is so hesitant to pass grocery tax repeal? I think the current reason is what uh, Scott Bedke said about a week ago, and the the quote is, and I'm I'm going to get as close to the quote as I can, is that. We, meaning leadership, cannot give conservatives victories because they will use those wins to defeat incumbents. 
That makes absolutely zero sense unless all you are is power hungry. You're exactly right. Does that sound like somebody who is working for the people or working for the next election? Yeah. To me, it's, it, it's, that's a political animal at work. And so they don't want to give conservatives wins. Um, and so I think in the last two years, we had a $400 million income tax cut last year. We had a $600 million income tax cut this year. I argue that those are a lot higher than they would have been without the pressure of grocery tax repeal, because they have to make the claim that we've already done a big enough tax cut, we can't do more. And so that's their excuse for not doing grocery tax repeal. But as you know, and a lot of us around here know, $1.9 billion surplus uh, leaves plenty of room to do the grocery tax repeal, even on top of the income tax cut that was already passed. Especially considering that that's our money. Yeah, my first instinct, when the state has more money than it anticipated, we ought to return the change to the taxpayers. So many times around here, around the Capitol, the forgotten man stays forgotten. But uh, it's we need befuddling, to It's befuddling to me that we have uh, all this extra money that's in the state coffers that belongs to the citizens. It's been collected, you know, from the citizens. Yep. And what does Governor Little do but come out with a budget that increases his spending? Increases spending dramatically, too. I'm looking at these agency budgets that are being proposed in the, in the JFAC committee, Joint Finance Appropriations Committee. And almost all of them have a governor's recommendation of a few extra million dollars in there for, for whatever, whatever type of project. It's like he's spreading around the goodies so that every agency will be so grateful that they have this governor in office. And uh, really, we, we need to recognize is first of all, the money belongs to the taxpayer. And any other monies like the ARPA, the American Rescue Plan Act money, is money that uh, doesn't even belong to the taxpayer yet because it's coming from your grandchildren. Right. And so you ought, to, you ought to go and get a promissory note from them before we start spending it up. Yeah, the federal government is now uh, certified over $30 trillion in debt. So yes, this is not our, even our money. This is our grandchildren's and our grandchildren's grandchildren's money. True, yep. So you have and, tax repeal that you, you put forth last year. It got stuck in a drawer and there's been sure. a big kerfluffle about grocery tax. They passed this, what we call it, the crumbs tax. Uh, that's $75 is going to put a, put a tank of gas in my car. Uh, but that's about it. So tell us what's happening with the grocery tax this year. Yeah, uh, I, I took the bill to the committee chair and immediately he said uh, he's not going to consider anything till income tax is passed. Once income tax is passed, he's not going to consider anything else. So we're, we're to, we're to stand still stand off uh, against the committee chair. So the personal bill deadline was approaching a couple of weeks ago. So I submitted it as a personal bill. The beautiful thing about the grocery tax repeal this year is we don't have to reduce the income tax credit um, to pay for, to, uh, to offset it because we have plenty of surplus out there. So we can remove the tax on groceries and maintain the income tax credit that, uh, that, that you get money back from the government or from the state every year when you file your state income taxes. That has been a roadblock in the past because removing that credit sometimes makes some families worse off than if they had, had uh, um, you know, if the, than if the tax had not been repealed and they kept their credit. So um, keeping the credit and the repeal 
it's a win-win for, for pretty much every Idahoan. So that bill got sent in as a personal bill. And the, the culture around here is if a personal bill is submitted, it goes to the Ways and Means Committee, which is absolutely controlled by leadership. It's, it's com composed of leadership of both minority and majority parties. And so they, they lock down personal bills. The idea is that personal bills don't get to be heard. Well, there's procedures around here for when the will of the body is different than the will of leadership, that you can call bills to the floor, call them up out of committee, which is what we attempted to do yesterday. As we were debating this, and by the way, some Democrats were on board with this, a lot of uh, conservative Republicans were on board with this, that we should at least be voting on it. Not even indicating where they are, but at least we should be voting on it. While we were debating it, House leadership was calling around all their committee chairs and vice chairs, reminding them they needed to vote against the procedural motion because that is what you do to support leadership. And so they, they locked down the process that way. And uh, if you look at it, we have 15 committees, each with a chair and vice chair. That's 30 votes right there. So it really isn't the will of the people. It's the will of the leadership. It's the will of the leadership. And, and I'm, not, I'm not shy about saying that, uh, especially when the speaker's on record saying he's doing this because he doesn't want to give conservatives victories and lose seats. And Wait a so isn't, isn't this the uh, representative, the House Speaker who claims to be a conservative? <laughs> yeah, it's a stunning statement in, in, the, in that picture, too, isn't it? But, uh, you know, we have rules, we have procedures. We're going to keep at this and keep trying. And I just would like Idahoans to know that elections matter. In this primary season where a lot of the races are decided, you ought to be asking your representatives and senators, do they support grocery tax repeal? And maybe even more importantly, do they support the system that locks down good bills because leadership wants political wins? And I would not uh, cast a vote for any representative or senator who thinks that committee chairs should be holding bills and that grocery tax shouldn't be heard. And by the way, and that grocery tax, uh, I wouldn't vote for anyone who would vote against grocery tax repeal. We have the money. It's the taxpayer's money. It ought to go back to them. So basically, we have the core leadership of the House, as you said, during the debate of whether we should bring it up for a vote, they're calling around to all the committee chairs and vice chairs. And in essence, it's a threat. It's, it's saying, if you don't vote with us, you probably won't end up with a chair. Yes, probably not said in those words, but hey, you know, they got their position by being cooperative with leadership on whatever issues leadership wanted yeah, it's, and, it's all and the threat is that hey you know what this is a you even heard them say it in closing debate he said this is a procedural vote that is a dog whistle that's like pulling your ear and saying procedural vote means you vote with leadership or you risk losing your your position yeah that is that not how our government was designed that's not and, and you know that's what makes this a swamp in many ways and so, again, elections matter. Be careful who you vote for. If we sent a, a bunch of uh, uh, liberty-minded uh, people who work for the people of Idaho legislators, we'd have a system that worked for them. Every bill could get heard. And, and by the way, even bills that I disagree with, I think deserve a hearing, deserve a full debate, and then an up or down vote. That's that's what the people want. I think people would understand not getting grocery tax repeal if it was debated and voted on and there was not enough legislators. 
But when there's super majorities in both chambers and it doesn't even get a vote, that's what frustrates voters. And they ought to they ought to remember that when they go to the ballot box this yeah. May. Yeah. Well, Representative Nate, I thank you very much for taking time out of your very busy day to join me here on the True Idaho News podcast. Anything else before we close out? Nope. Thank you. You're doing wonderful work. And, uh, you know, let, let's go and uh, get this done. Let's cut some taxes and elect some good legislators. Amen. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Bye now. And I have to run the committee now, Daniel. So hopefully, hopefully I can sign off. All right. Yep, Thanks. We're good. Bye. All right. Bye.